What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. Hope your day is off to a fantastic start and hope that life is good, you're safe, you're sound, and you're healthy. Certainly, the world of pro wrestling continues to be an amazing place, and I'm glad that we get to gather here on a regular basis to converse about it. So shout out to all of you who continue to join all things connected to The Faction on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Thank you so much for those who are rocking with us, of course. On podcasts where you're listening to us now, be it on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you're listening to us. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. It really does mean the world to us. And if you haven't done so today, today is a great day to tell somebody about what's happening here at The Faction. Makes all the difference in the world. All right, so... We talked yesterday about independent wrestling, and I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. If you missed it, go back and check it out. And when you do that, I think you're going to find some nuggets that you're really going to appreciate because it's a special time in the world of pro wrestling. I want to today and for most of the rest of this week, spend some time focusing on the Royal Rumble. That's right, this Saturday night marks the Royal Rumble, the 2022 edition. It'll take place in St. Louis at an incredible stadium there, and it's exciting times for sure. Certainly one of my favorite events of all of the pro wrestling calendar, and the Royal Rumble match itself has been duplicated in almost every promotion with some sort of little twist and turn. But shout out, of course, to Pat Patterson, the genius behind the original Royal Rumble match, which has varied in terms of size, location, what's on the line, etc., etc. But it's always been a super important event in WWE. So. This week, we're going to be talking about the Royal Rumble. Go ahead now and get your favorite Royal Rumble event, match, and moment in your mind. Let us know on the socials. We'll be certainly looking to hear from you. Today, I want to focus on where it all began, 1988. Some of you weren't even born then. Others of you weren't thinking about pro wrestling, and a number of you may have missed this presentation of the Royal Rumble because it's the first time that the Royal Rumble was presented, and it was not presented on pay-per-view. Every other Royal Rumble was presented on pay-per-view. It began as a pay-per-view in 1989, but in 1988, the Royal Rumble was a television special on the USA Network. So let's take you back to 1988, because at this time, again, there had only been a couple of pay-per-views in WWE. WrestleMania was certainly a thing beginning in 1985. By the time we get to 1986-87, we have the Survivor Series as a pay-per-view. Those were the only two pay-per-views by the time we get to January of 1988, where the first Royal Rumble event took place. It aired on USA back then. Then there was, of course, a great relationship, and there still is, with the WWE. WWE had shows like Primetime Wrestling, All-American Wrestling, which was a whole Sunday morning situation that they had. So, yeah, this was a big event for the WWE. Oddly enough, the very first 
presentation of the Royal Rumble was international. It took place at the Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And one of the reasons why the Royal Rumble happens annually in January was because it happened January the 24th, 1988. So yesterday was the official birthday of the Royal Rumble. Interestingly enough, a lot of things have happened for the Royal Rumble, which has been exciting. But this version of the Royal Rumble had, of course, several matches involved with it four matches specifically and I want you to just imagine some of this we're going back to 1988 you had Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defeating Ravishing Rick Rude by disqualification there was a two out of three falls match for the WWF Women's Tag Team Championship so yes 1988 there was a women's tag team championship and the jumping bomb angels, the team of Norio Tatano and Itsuki Yamazaki defeated the glamour girls, Judy Martin and Leilani Kai to win the tag team championships. One of the other big events that happened here was Dino Bravo attempted to set a bench press world record of 715 pounds. And with a little help from his friend Jesse the Body Ventura, he did that. Oddly enough, the Royal Rumble match itself for this particular event was not the last match on the card. It certainly wasn't. The last match on the card, which was the fourth match of the event, saw the Islanders, Haku and Tama, defeat the Young Stallions, Paul Roma and Jim Powers. That also was a two out of three falls match. So let's just kind of put this in perspective. 1988, it was a two-hour event on the USA Network. There were basically three matches. Two of the three matches were tag team matches, and they were two out of three falls matches. And then, of course, you had the Royal Rumble match, which was the third match on the card. Now, the Royal Rumble itself was... Every two minutes, a brand new entrant would come into the ring, starting, of course, with two people. The first two people entering the ring were Bret Hart and Tito Santana. Pretty significant things when you think about this. Of course, both of them are Hall of Famers. We know all that Bret Hart went on to do. But in 1988, Bret Hart was a part of the Hart Foundation. They had won multiple tag team titles at this point. He was still managed by Jimmy Hart. And so some of the names that were in this Royal Rumble are names that may be familiar and others you might not remember. There were 20 men in this Royal Rumble. The winner basically just won bragging rights and a trophy. And so here's how it went down. Your 20 entrants included Bret Hart, Tito Santana, The Natural, Butch Reed, Jim Neidhart, Jake the Snake Roberts, Harley Race, Jumpin' Jim Brunzel, Sam Houston, Danny Davis, Boris Zukov, who was part of the Bolsheviks, The Rock, Don Morocco, who, yeah, he was the original Rock back then, Nikolai Volkov, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, The Outlaw, Ron Bass, B. Brian Blair, Hillbilly Jim, Dino Bravo, the Ultimate Warrior, the One Man Gang, and the 20th entry into the Royal Rumble was the Junkyard Dog. 
Here's how it went down. The one-man gang scored the most eliminations in the Royal Rumble 1988, eliminating six people, which is pretty impressive. The longest time spent in the original Royal Rumble match was Bret the Hitman Hart, who spent 25 minutes and 42 seconds in the Royal Rumble match. The match itself was only 33 minutes long, so he literally lasted for quite some time. And the winner of the original Royal Rumble match was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Duggan spent 14 minutes and 44 seconds in the Royal Rumble. He was the number 13 entrant in the Rumble as well. So that's the original Royal Rumble took place in 1988. You can find it, of course, on Peacock under the pay-per-view section. It was pretty incredible, to say the least, and a lot of history connected to what happened in the Royal Rumble in 1988. What we're going to do is take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a super significant Royal Rumble that really began to change the trajectory of the WWE. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. A few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win. All right, guys, so we've talked about Royal Rumble 1988. A couple of important things to mention. Royal Rumble 1989 was the first time that the Royal Rumble went to pay-per-view. It also marked the first time that the Royal Rumble moved from 20 men to 
to 30 men. And in this 30-man Royal Rumble, the winner was Big John Studd, who would eliminate Mr. Perfect. Big John Studd, of course, at this point was a good guy, which if you remember Big John Studd, of course, he was the arch enemy of Andre the Giant for many, many years. They would have a big body slam contest for $15,000 at the very first WrestleMania, which Andre the Giant would win. Big John Studd, of course, would call himself the real giant. But by the time we get to 1989, he is back. He is beloved by fans. And he wins the first Royal Rumble on pay-per-view in 1989. Royal Rumble 1990 and Royal Rumble 1991 saw Hulk Hogan win the Royal Rumble match back to back. And that was pretty intriguing as well. As in both of those years, Hogan was the WWE champion. Now, 1990 got interesting because 1990 was the first time that we would see Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior cross paths in an epic moment in the Royal Rumble match. That would ultimately lead us to WrestleMania VI, title for title, the Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan in what was certainly a game-changing match for WWE. However, it did not become what we thought it would in terms of the ultimate launch of the Ultimate Warrior as the guy in WWE. But that epic moment was all set up by what happened in the Royal Rumble in 1990. 1991, Hulk Hogan would repeat as the winner of the Royal Rumble, but I want to park at Royal Rumble 1992. This Royal Rumble meant a lot and was a game changer for WWE for a few reasons. So let's go back to Survivor Series 1991. And leading into Survivor Series 1991, really the summer of 1991, we started seeing some vignettes that were game-changing in pro wrestling. As Bobby the Brain Heenan kept talking about, we are bringing in the real world champion. So all of this talk currently about the Forbidden Door, etc., etc., it all is because WWE back in the 80s and certainly strong in the 90s did not acknowledge the presence of any other wrestling organization. If you watched WWE back in the 80s and the 90s, you would not know, particularly up to about 95, 96, you would know that there were other wrestling organizations out there. So 1991 marked a very intriguing time. Summertime, Ric Flair's contract in WCW was up. He was leaving and he left with the championship, the big gold belt, the belt that represented Ric Flair and the NWA. Ric Flair comes to the WWE, managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan. Everyone looked for the big clash between Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. Well, they would seemingly start to touch once we get to Survivor Series 91. In what was supposed to be a WWE title match between Hulk Hogan and The Undertaker, Ric Flair would interfere, bringing a chair in the ring, allowing The Undertaker to tombstone Hulk Hogan on the chair, causing Hulk Hogan to lose the WWE Championship to The Undertaker. A few days later, the WWE would have a makeshift pay-per-view called This Tuesday in Texas that would see Hogan win the title back in controversial fashion. That level of controversy would ultimately lead then-WWE President Jack Tunney to strip Hogan of the title, 
hold the title up, and for the first time going into a pay-per-view, WWE didn't have a world champion. However, the Royal Rumble 1992 would be the space, the first time that the WWE Championship would be on the line in the Royal Rumble match. It would only happen one other time, and it would take over 20 years for that to happen again. So, Royal Rumble 1992, the Royal Rumble match itself was the first time there was actually something of significance on the line at the Royal Rumble match. Previously, it was just bragging rights to be able to say that you won. So the previous winners, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Big John Studd, and Hulk Hogan just walked away saying, I won the Royal Rumble. By the time we get to 1992, the Royal Rumble match has incredible significance. And so, Royal Rumble 1992 was held in Albany, New York at the Knickerbocker Arena. A major, major moment because, again, for the first time ever, a WWE champion is going to be crowned in the Royal Rumble match. So, there were five matches that happened and then the Royal Rumble match itself. First, you had Chris Walker, who defeated the Brooklyn Brawler by disqualification. The New Foundation, Jim the Anvil Neidhart and Owen Hart would defeat the Orient Express, which would be the team of Kato and Pat Tanaka. Rowdy Roddy Piper defeats the Mountie by submission to become the new Intercontinental Champion. This is significant because it's the first singles title that Rowdy Roddy Piper wins in WWE. It's not just the first, it's the only one. Couple that with a very interesting fact that this becomes the first time that one competitor can win two titles in the same night as Rowdy Roddy Piper was also a part of the 30-man Royal Rumble for the WWE Championship. Adding an intriguing element to the Royal Rumble match, could Roddy Piper do what no one had ever done and win both the Intercontinental and WWE Championship in two separate matches in the same night? Then we'd see a tag team match where the Beverly Brothers would defeat the Bushwhackers, Butch and Luke. And then the Natural Disasters defeated the Legion of Doom by countout in what was a tag team title match. Now then we get to the 30-man Royal Rumble for the WWE Championship. So there were 30 competitors entering at number one and two were the British Bulldog and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. The story gets interesting because the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, who was a favorite for many, enters at number three, testing his long-standing will as the 60-minute man could he survive in this scenario? We should also mention that Bobby the Brain Heenan, who was his manager slash advisor, was on commentary here. And so some of the great moments is hearing Bobby Heenan talk about this is not fair to Flair. That was just absolutely amazing. I absolutely loved, loved that. Other competitors in the 1992 Royal Rumble, here are what the other men looked like. You had Jerry Sags of the Nasty Boys, Haku, Shawn Michaels, Tito Santana, The Barbarian, Kerry Von Erich, a.k.a. The Texas Tornado, The Repo Man, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Nikolai Volkov, The Big Boss Man, Hercules, Rowdy Roddy Piper, who comes in at number 15, Jake the Snake Roberts, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the first Royal Rumble winner, Erwin R. Scheister, Superfly Jimmy Snuka, The Undertaker, The Macho Man Randy Savage, The Berserker, 
Virgil, Colonel Mustafa, a.k.a. the Iron Sheik, Rick Martel, Hulk Hogan comes in at number 26, Skinner, Sergeant Slaughter, Sid Justice, a.k.a. Sid Vicious, comes in at number 29, and the Warlord comes in at number 30. Final three men in the Royal Rumble 1992 would be Ric Flair, Sid Justice, and Hulk Hogan. Sid Justice would eliminate Hulk Hogan, and then from there, Hogan would pull Sid Justice out with little help from Ric Flair, and now we have the unthinkable moment happen. Ric Flair survives the 30-man Royal Rumble and becomes the WWE Champion, which leads to the epic promo after the match backstage where he says, With a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment in my life. Just incredible stuff. The 1992 Royal Rumble, the game-changing Royal Rumble for WWE because what it showed WWE is the Royal Rumble match itself has incredible significance and there can be something that's been put on the line. And ever since the 1992 Royal Rumble, that Royal Rumble match has always had something significant happen. 1993, which we'll talk about next time, was the first year that the Royal Rumble would have WrestleMania implications. We'll talk about that the next time we get together because that is significant in and of itself. But I wanted to focus today on Royal Rumble 1988, where it all began, and Royal Rumble 1992, which was a game changer. Both of them are available, of course, on Peacock or on the WWE Network internationally. Check them out. Let me know what you think about them. And I'd love to start getting your predictions for Royal Rumble 2022, which is happening, of course, this Saturday night in St. Louis. Let us know your thoughts on today's show on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. We'll see you next time. Representing from a good brother's Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction.